I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, Small Business Advanced Tax Planning and Compliance Extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. Today, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Adam. Oh, I forgot to ask you. Bratine. 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 Okay. You, uh, when I called you this morning, I was like, oh, it's Bratine, because I've been saying Brad in my head. I'm sure most people do. Um, Adam is an entrepreneur and strength coach at Lando Performance, um, who, in his words, is other people focused and strives to add value to people's lives on a daily basis. He is a coach, speaker, influencer, and creative photographer who works to build relationships where people feel a sense of worth and value. His hope is that both other people and he are better after their interaction with one another. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for coming. You're welcome. Um, so first question is always the same. Uh, what was your first job? Oh, my first job, if I think back, uh, I believe it was probably digging post holes <laughs> That's in, a new one. on the farm That's a new one. Uh, in Nebraska. Uh, that's the first one I can kind of think I can remember, probably because I didn't really like it that much. Yeah, right. <laughs> but how old are you? Oh gosh, I was probably I don't know seven or eight years mm-hmm. old, maybe. I don't know. As a far- farm kid, you just you get stuck doing things, going in the pasture, fixing fence, and you know, mm-hmm. like you're you're basically just Freely working heard. from the time that you're that's you're right. born. So. You can walk. You've got, <laughs> yeah. you got chores and stuff. Yeah. So, that's I mean, awesome. you're working with your dad and stuff. So it's, it's fun. So that's awesome. I remember <laughs> I used to like, just follow my dad would do like painting patching or like just whatever around the house. And I would just follow him around and like be his helper. Yeah. And I, I assume it's a, like the, a lot like that on the yeah. farms. What kind of farm was it? Uh, we had a farm and ranch, so we raised, uh, pulled Herefords mm-hmm. and put up hay and grew corn and soybeans and different things, you know. So it was, uh, it was, it was a great childhood. That's up. awesome. That's awesome. I mean, it's always, I'm always fascinated by that because I grew up in the suburbs, but I'm like, I don't have any idea how what it would be like to grow up on a farm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard work, it's but a lot it was, of work. it's fun. You know, it's like an adventure. That's awesome. How did you get into personal training? Uh, actually, I, I kind of fell into it. Mm. I was, I had a degree in biology and chemistry um, from Hastings college in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I had a, a neck injury and stuff in football. I played football, basketball there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just kind of was, you know, I I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So (laughs) not most of us don't come out, got to come out of college knowing what we want to do. And, uh, so, so I moved out here actually to study graphic design. Oh wow! And, um, after, um, kind of a year and a half of that, I was working as a personal trainer mm-hmm. and decided I, I don't really want to sit in front of a computer. Like I have this creative mm-hmm. thing that I, I thought that graphic design was going to fill, but mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I really like people mm-hmm. and I like being active. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was a coach for, um, four years at Hastings college. And, uh, I just was like, I think I'm going to go start my own training business. And, uh, so I, I really kind of fell into it. And, um, just because as a former athlete, you just kind of think, Mm -hmm. well, I can, I can train people. And then you start to train people and you're like, wow, there's some certain things I need to learn (laughs) and know, you know, um, people skills, you know, and, uh, so that's, that's kind of how I got started in personal training. And, and, uh, it's just kind of, I, I, 
basically been an entrepreneur probably now for like 18, 19 years. That's a long time. So yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's funny. So my dad is um played uh he played football and actually came to Colorado to try out for the Broncos. Mm. And I think they all like I think most athletes end up trying to do something athletic, I think in the long run. Um he just worked for a company that, you know, that had baseball teams and football teams and you know, just co ed, but they I remember my dad paying, playing a lot of sports. Yeah. Or like working out a lot. Right. Um he still does all of that, but it's just very interesting like how that is so ingrained. Yeah. Especially for people who played, you know, through college. Um, I think a lot of, some of us find our athleticism leader, like I have, <laughs> but some, some people have just been doing it forever and it's like ingrained part of your lives. Right. I just find that very interesting. So tell us about your journey, uh, to your current position at Lando. Um, well, I, I think it's just, uh, you know, uh, a byproduct of building relationships and, and, mm -hmm. uh, knowing, knowing people. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Lauren Lando, the, the owner of Lando Performance, mm -hmm. uh, him and I basically met at a uh, muscle activation techniques course, mm -hmm. um, I would say probably 15, 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, probably, actually, it's probably more like 14 mm -hmm. years ago. And, uh, you know, there's some people that just come into your lives and you, all of a sudden you just have a connection with them. Yes. And so him and I had been kind of doing our mm -hmm. own separate things for you know, several years. And, and at one point he said, Hey, if I ever get, you know, this training uh, center opened up, would you want to come, mm -hmm. you know, be a part of that? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So, and, and we would get together mm -hmm. periodically and talk shop and, um, I'd bounce ideas off him. Obviously he was working with really high level athletes, mm -hmm. professionals, and, um, you know, it was, it was just cool to have, have him as a, as a mentor and, and he's still a mentor mm -hmm. to me. And, and so I think it was about seven years ago, maybe that he had started, uh, started his own mm -hmm. thing. And, and, uh, I've been with him pretty much ever since, awesome. since then. So, uh, it's been, it's been great. And, you know, it's really just about the relationship that I, mm -hmm. <laughs> that I'd had, you know, several years prior. Yeah. Isn't um, it crazy how, you know, creating that network, like it expands, but yeah. then it also kind of contracts, right? Like you pick your people right through that. Um, but you're right that that connection happens. Um, so you currently, so what is your current focus? You're doing a lot of, uh, girls volleyball, right? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been doing that for, for years. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, you know, I used to work with, uh, one specific club mm -hmm. and, uh, I would train anywhere between 250 to 300 athletes wow. at that club per year. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then it, it kind of, you know, everything kind of, um, changes and evolves. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you just kind of have to be a little bit flexible yeah. and agile and, and kind of recognize mm -hmm. different changes in um, culture and, and kind of what people are are wanting to do. Mm -hmm. So now I do work with a lot of youth athletes and there are primarily volleyball mm -hmm. athletes just mm -hmm. because of I did that for, That's what you, do. you know, 10 or 11 years with a club. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I just, you know, that was kind of my focus and it, and it still is a, a big uh, part of my training business. And, and I love training the, the female athletes. I, I think in, it was probably 18 years ago. Mm -hmm. I kind of, it was another thing I kind of fell into because of my sister. Mm -hmm. uh, she was working for a volleyball club and, you know, they wanted me to do some consulting for this uh, facility they wanted to create. Mm -hmm. 
And after the, the conversation with the owner, he was like, well, I want you to train our entire club. And I was like, Oh, I thought this was just a little bit of a consulting gig. And, uh, so I pretty much kind of started one of the very first, um, female specific training programs out here in, in Colorado, really um, cool. 19, 18, 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so going from coaching collegiate football players yes. to coaching 11 to <laughs> 17, 18 year old volleyball difference. girls yeah. is a huge demographic switch. It is. Right. So there's a lot of things I had to, I had to learn and, and, uh, and, you know, kind of work through, but it's, mm-hmm. it's great. And I love, I love just the, mm-hmm. um, you know, seeing the confidence that they have mm-hmm. and, and, and working with them because mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's different working with females than it is to yeah. work with males. Well, and training females is different, right? Yeah. We have different ways that we move. We have different ways that our body gets injured. Like it's all just very different. Yeah, I think it's um, you know there's lots of similarities. I think mm-hmm. more so it's it's a little bit more of the kind of the mental mm-hmm. piece and mm-hmm. kind of like a behavioral psychology almost. Right. Right. It's like it, you know and and I actually at one point I had the idea to maybe write a book because I could uh, and I'm still kind of working on a, mm-hmm. on a separate book, but the book I wanted to write was how to train the athletes, the female athlete at the different ages, mm-hmm. right? Because at ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. To 12, they're, they they have a certain kind of mentality, mm-hmm. right? And then at 13 to 14, it, it shifts and Things they evolve. become, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit more independent thinking they know everything. And then, um, <laughs> you know, so and funny. then the 15 and 16 year olds mm-hmm. is, is another mm-hmm. change psychologically. Yeah. And then, uh, and then at 17, 18 years old, it's like, I don't know, you, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get there, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's so fun funny. to see that kind of evolution and, and how they mature and change. And, and they're just the relationships you build with them. That's really interesting. It actually kind of takes me back to high school because I played basketball and volleyball and lacrosse. Um, but you're right. Like they would train the, uh, you know, the JV people different than the varsity. And then like the juniors, like it would just be like <laughs> fundamentals usually. Yeah. But it was more fun usually right. so that we would continue to want to play later. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, so they think they just kind of shifted all those things just like not consciously, but they just treat us all differently right? or they taught us differently. Like they would just run varsity, <laughs> you yeah. know, cause they're like, we just need to get some, <laughs> of this some energy skills. out of them, <laughs> you know, right. or whatever, just so they will lessen or whatever. And then they would, you know, not do that to us yeah. until later usually, but oh man, suicides. <sighs> I do not, I do not, not sad about not having to do that anymore. So how have your beliefs about strength and performance changed in all the years that you have trained? Uh, well, I, th- I think I've gotten, um, you know, I've, I've kind of just went back to the basics, mm-hmm. you know, I think, uh, I think for a period of time, if you, you know, being in the industry for as long as I have, you know, you had, you know, I've had a lot of great teachers and a lot of great mentors and, and, um, one of the one of the best teachers and mentors was a guy named Tom Purvis in in Oklahoma City, and uh, it really boiled down to kind of the understanding the physics and the application of the forces that you're putting on your body. Mm-hmm. And you know there there's been and there still is a lot of I think kind of gimmicky things mm-hmm. and the it's kind of a feel versus real mentality mm-hmm. it's like what is it might look like it should transfer to the sport because i'm i'm lifting a weight that looks like part of my sport but mm-hmm. it, it's actually probably doing more 
harm than good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I always kind of tell people I'm I'm probably one of the most boring trainers mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. because there's certain specific things that I do. You know, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have to be fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because sports is really about how much force can I develop in as short amount of time because I want to be uh, quick and I want to be powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to be really good at at something very simple because mm-hmm. in sports, if I make it too complex, mm-hmm. my brain doesn't have time to think about it, mm-hmm. right? So um, so really it's just uh, grooving and and uh, whether it's a movement pattern that mm-hmm. we want to do, like we break it down and, and uh, kind of use a concept called chunking. Mm-hmm. So there's a book called The Talent Code that kind of talks a little bit about mm-hmm. that. And, mm-hmm. and it's about breaking down a complex task into its most simplest components. Mm-hmm. And then once you, um, do a bunch of those individual parts to it, then mm-hmm. you put the whole thing together. That makes sense. Right. So then it, it's kind of how people learn music, right? You learn it in phrases or stanzas, mm-hmm. whatever that, whatever the term they use. I, I was in band. I was, I played the saxophone, so I should remember. <laughs> I um, <laughs> but then you learn the whole piece, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so I think from a, from a training standpoint, I've, I think I've simplified a lot of things yeah. and I keep things simple mm-hmm. and, uh, and that just, aids in the in an athlete's confidence and, and a person's confidence too. Yeah, because it's that repetitive right. The repetitive lift or the repetitive movement or right. whatever that actually does translate to better performance for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's I because I'm a lifter, like there's just so many programs out there that are like compound movements and blah blah blah. And I'm just like I just <laughs> And I just squat stuff <laughs> like, you know, there's just right. we can make it as complicated as possible. That doesn't actually translate to an inc- increase in strength. Yeah. If we're constantly changing things up as much. Right. I mean, you have to have a certain amount of time under tension and a mm-hmm. certain amount of uh, I think time in in a certain maybe phase of your training mm-hmm. so that your body um, makes the adaptations it needs to. Right. Right. So I'd, I kind of just like the whole kind of mantra of run fast and lift heavy. Right. Right. But <laughs> but within that, there's comp- mm-hmm. there's parts where, hey, I, I need to deload and, and take some stress mm-hmm. off my body so mm-hmm. my body can, so we can come repair back. itself. Right. Right. Because I can't constantly keep on the up and up trajectory mm-hmm. um, without eventually breaking down. So we have uh, specific breaks inside of training programs and training blocks that that allow athletes to to take advantage of of mm-hmm. those uh, of that recovery process. That's really cool. Um, you know, I've read a bunch of different books on training, and I've done you know different programs, but I just did one where it was literally it's a four week program, and the first week was a deload. Mm-hmm. So you do you know, the new movements that week, but you'd go light and you'd figure out how it works. Right. And then you gradually add to that right. fourth week mm-hmm. and then you deload again. Right. And the deload mm-hmm. weeks are always my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it kind of, a uh, um, there's a book out there called super compensation. Uh-huh. I think it was, I can't remember who, who wrote it, but that's the whole concept is that you build and build and build and build. Mm-hmm. And then when you take out that stress, your body actually super compensates. Mm-hmm. Right. So then the, that week after your deload, sometimes mm-hmm. you actually go above and beyond what you had finished with, right? right. Like as far as if you a max strength day, because your body, um, needs your that body rest. just is like, yeah. wow, I haven't. You gave me a break. I got to repair it. Yeah. So it's cool. Well, and I think you know it really makes sense though the way our bodies are built. Like we need to sleep, right? Right. We need to take weekends. We need to take vacations. We need to take time, right, right to decompress or 
whatever. Otherwise, yeah. we can't go that that far. Absolutely. Our brains can't go that far. Our bodies can't go that far. I say that as somebody who's literally been working seven days a week for the last <laughs> two months. I'm you. tired right now. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> last night, I was just like, I'm going to bed. It was like 8 p.m. And I was just like, kids, put yourselves to bed. I'm, I'm out. Because I was just, I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to, we have to build on those breaks, though. Right. And I, it's just like a deload. It's very right. interesting. Um, so what have some of the, what have been some of the, your biggest obstacles in becoming the strength coach you are now? Oh man. I, I think the, I think the first biggest obstacle that I can think of is that when I put in my two weeks notice, mm-hmm. um, at this, uh, place that I was training at, uh, my very first, uh, it was a large, uh, you know, training facility. <laughs> and, uh, I was thinking, oh, I'm, I'll get two weeks to kind of figure things out. They said, I basically handed my resignation and they said, oh, you can leave today. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what? Like, I wasn't ready for that, mm-hmm. right? And then, um, you know, luckily I had about, you know, I would say 80 to 90% of my clients came with me. Oh, wow. And I, I had some, you know, I basically, you know, since they were tied to packages and things, I basically said, oh, I'll train you for free mm-hmm. for the so that you don't lose out on that money that you paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and they were appreciative of that. And then eventually through life and through schedules and people moving, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I went from being really, really busy to being not very busy. Right. And I didn't really know what, uh, I didn't really know how to get clients because I always had an influx of clients. And, <laughs> and once I had people in front of me, uh, I was able to connect with them mm-hmm. and they, you know, sign up for training all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I actually, that was my first, I think time where I had to, I hired a business coach. Oh, yeah. Um, and he said, gave me certain tasks to do every week. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really come from a business background. I was yeah. just an athlete and, a lot of us and I did a lot of these things. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of just figure it out as you yeah, go. It's so true. And you know, after about, so I would meet with him on a weekly basis. He mm-hmm. would give me um, certain tasks to do. So important. And at about, uh, I would say about six or seven months in, mm-hmm. he basically was, I would come with him with this idea and he was like, I, I don't think you need me anymore. Like you're, <laughs> you're, uh, you you're know, you're, do, you're doing all this on your own now. And, yeah. and, uh, so, so that, that was, uh, his name was Carl Gardner and he just, it was, uh, you know, he, what he taught me there mm-hmm. and, um, really kind of helped set the stage for um, all these other little challenges I, I would encounter and mm-hmm. go through. But that was that was probably my biggest one. And, and you know, and it took a period of time of doing while. that consistently mm-hmm. every day. And, and that's something that I talk about with my athletes, um, you know, to get to the point where actually you're seeing the return of those investments mm-hmm. that you made in, you know, handwritten notes or mm-hmm. making some phone calls mm-hmm. and asking for referrals and, you know, building, building other relationships with people that, that might want to, or know people that would refer to you. So mm-hmm. that was probably one of the biggest, uh, biggest challenges. I think, I think most people who start their own business, like very quickly realized they're not, they didn't know how to run a business. <laughs> right. 
Um, and I've been helping business owners for decades. And I started my own and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. I, I can see outside eyes on other people's business, but I don't know what to do in my own. And I find that, that that's true for a lot of business owners and a lot of entrepreneurs. Like yeah. if you could look at my business from the outside, you could tell me what to do. But when you're in it, mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to yeah. know what the next thing is. When I think as entrepreneurs, I, I think people on the outside, mm-hmm. they look at it and be like, man, that you, that's so cool that you have your own business. <laughs> like you can, you can take time off anytime you want, or you get a, you know, you can go do this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it, it's not as sexy as what it so- no, seems like, right? Like not. you don't see the day-to-day mm-hmm. struggle or the mm-hmm. emails and like the, how late at night you're, you're working or putting things together for yeah. people. It's just like, um, you know, so it's, you know, there's, there's great things about it. Oh, yeah, totally. um, but I mean, I'm always, I look at some people that have some really high income paying jobs with companies <laughs> and I'm like, man, you like, <laughs> sometimes I wish I had that job yeah. like, and they're on the other side. I hear they like, man, I just wish I could be an entrepreneur like right, you. I just I wish I had the time and the freedom right. and whatever. It's funny. Um, I had a business owner who was like, it's great being a business owner. You can pick your 80 hours a week. <laughs> And I was just like, that is funny. But I actually, because there's no tax accountants to hire in the Mm -hmm. area in Denver, there's like a dearth of accountants. Um, I actually got an email the other day and they're like, "Uh, are you looking for opportunities? Through my headhunter that I had worked with previously. And I was like, nope, not looking to work for anybody else right now. It was literally my answer because I'm unemployable at this point. Yeah. Uh, Can I have time to go do my podcast? Can I leave at three to go get the kids? Like I just, you know, like I might work until nine o'clock, but I you know, had the kids or I went and lifted at 10 or, you know, whatever. Right. I get to choose what my work, my, my day looks like. Yeah. And I don't know. There's no, it would have, it's big price. It would yeah. be a very big price. Absolutely. To, you know, be the tax manager in another firm where I have to, no. Yeah. <laughs> I always, I always tell people that, um, that I wouldn't be a very good employee. That's like, what, and that's what I, I would be about. a great employee, yeah. but I wouldn't be a good employee because of, what I've gotten used to yeah. and all the things when I used to work for this big company, mm-hmm. I was just like, like, you don't really care about anything. I mean, you say you care about mm-hmm. people, but, um, you know, and, and there's certain parts of it you do, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's really about how much money can you bring in? Mm-hmm. Right. Which I understand that's, that's important as a business. Like mm-hmm. that's what that's you have to do. But chairs. if it's, if, if it's not, I, I didn't really feel like I was adding as much value. I added value with my clients that I was working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, it was just like I was stuck doing things that were, I thought were valueless. Exactly. You know, from a personal standpoint. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said, especially for those of us that are very type A and like creating our own processes and systems and making things better and like all of that, which is what I was trying to do in my prior jobs. Yeah. But there was just too many people or there just was no buy-in or whatever when I'm just like, well, this could be better and this could be better and this could be better. And they're just like, okay, whatever, you know, or this is how we've always done things. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> obviously my talents are not, you know, because processes and systems are something that I love to do. Yeah. And if every time I see like a better process or system, like if people aren't going to buy in with me, I'm just like, I'm out. Yeah. Like you're not using me <laughs> to my full potential right. to make things better for you. Um, which is, you know, one of the reasons I stopped volunteering because mm-hmm. I would end up in a, this place where it's just like, this could be better and this could be better. <laughs> we could be, you know, bringing our volunteers in better. We could be, you know, there's all these yeah. different things we can make this better for everybody. Right. But you refuse to even like dialogue with me about it. Yeah. And it's just like, 
but you want me to run stuff. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. either I'm making a better or I'm out. Yeah. Um, so how did you get started in photography? Uh, you know, that was, I've, I've always kind of been interested in photography. I took a photography class in college mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, I would always have a camera with me and I would like to, I kind of would, uh, view things through a camera lens. Mm -hmm. Like I liked, that's kind of the creative side to yeah. it. Like I'm very analytical and I'm very creative. So it's, it's sometimes it works against me. Right. I Completely think. understand. I also have that brain. So it's like, so, so I feel like. I'm always wanting to learn something. I always want to do something. I want to, you know, so. And then we uh, also do a lot of analysis paralysis because we're like, this is exactly. creative, but it's not analytical. How do we make them, you know, like exactly. this looks pretty, but does it work for us? You know, like it's totally completely get that brain. Yeah. And, and so I actually would, uh, I had some really nice cameras and really nice camera equipment. And uh, one of the things I would do it, I'd go to my athletes games. So I, I would work with all these volleyball athletes and I, the parents, would always like photos and uh -huh. uh, they had these really kind of crappy cameras mm -hmm. and wrong lenses to really get good photos. And so I started going to the tournaments and taking pictures of the athletes and then I would give them to the parents, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was kind of like a little bit of a marketing thing mm -hmm. for me, but also I don't really sit still very well. <laughs> so it gave me something to do, something else to do. that was fun. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it really is, uh, again, it just goes along with like being other people focused. Mm -hmm. Like I loved giving people photos mm -hmm. that captured a moment in time, mm -hmm. right. For them. And, and the parents were thankful, the kids are thankful. Mm -hmm. And it kind of got to the point where I was like really busy. Um, and people started wanting to pay for me to take photos of them mm -hmm. or their kids. So, um, that kind of became that, uh, business side of it. And then a, a really good friend of mine and also a, a photography mentor, Rob Hawthorne, he, uh, he shoots for the Denver Broncos cheerleaders mm -hmm. and, um, and I would do modeling, uh, mm -hmm. gigs with him. He was a photographer mm -hmm. for a company we, uh, worked with and he, you know, eight or nine years ago, I think now is he said, Hey, do you want to help me in Mexico go down and shoot this? And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> so, so through that experience and just, I mean, I was always asking him questions about lighting, about this mm. and, and, uh, and then I would go and I would start helping him at some of the games mm. and, um, and through that I built some relationships. Um, and, and that's kind of how the photography thing, um, evolved. kind of evolved it, again. It, again, it was relationships that I had, right. right? Uh, that I didn't really see coming <laughs> and then opportunities presented themselves mm -hmm. and um, I just, I just kind of went with it. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes you just, you know, it's, you uh, yes it's something that stuff. you're, you're interested in. I'm like, I don't know. I don't really necessarily know how to, but I'll, <laughs> I'll try to figure it out. Right. You know, and, and I love it. I, th I think, um, you know, the girls are great mm -hmm. and it's, it uh, allows me to do things that, and, you know, from the, that fill my creative side. Yeah too, which is really cool. That's really awesome. It's funny what happens when you say yes to stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just like, here's the thing. And you're like, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, the podcast. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is your, so what are some of your favorite projects um, that you're doing with the photography? Um, I think, uh, you know, obviously the, 
you know, help and shoot with the uh, Denver Broncos that's cheerleaders really is, I that's mean, that's, gotta be so that's really fun. fun. I mean, the you girls are, the girls that, are great. When you get to be on the field and I'm at the field at the home games that, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just a great experience. Like and a then lot fun. a lot of the athletes, you know, are kind of a crossover is a lot of the athletes train at Lando performance. Oh, that's right. So, you know, so being on the field with them and being able to see them mm -hmm. is, is really fun. Perform, and, yeah, you know, that's and, awesome. and sometimes, you know, I'll I'll send them a photo that I got mm -hmm. of them. And, you know, I think a lot of times those guys, they're always being asked uh, for stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, it's kind of like, I'm just giving you something. Right? Right. I'm, I'm not asking you for anything. Yeah, I just haven't got a like, good shot at you. A good shot like, of you or whatever. You know, and they're they're appreciative of that. Yeah. And and, uh, and that's that's. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and then I I do some stuff for uh, the city of Aurora. I've mm -hmm. shot um, do some different big events that they have for uh, community events they do, and I shoot headshots and um, you know family photos and things. So you know, it kind of it, it's of not a, it's not a huge part depending on the year. I mean, mm -hmm. it kind of comes and goes right. and flows, but um, I, I don't really have any. <laughs> huge projects right now that I'm, that I'm working on, but. Um, so tell us about your position at zero, zero, zero plus? plus. Is that what it is? Yeah. Zero plus. I love how it's spelled. I was like, that yeah, looks zero. like zero plus. Yeah. No, without an E. Um, so how did that come about? Um, and then also tell us about the CBD, CBD products that they are creating. Um, so again, <laughs> I feel like it's the theme of the, of this, this podcast. No, right? But I think it's, it's great. It's, it's again about relationships, exactly. right? It's, and I love uh, that. Like, again, it, and it was birthed out of a relationship that was probably 17, 18, uh, probably 17 years previous. And uh, this guy um, owned a, a building mm -hmm. and it was one of the first gyms that I was working out of. And I trained his son, um, worked with his daughter mm -hmm. and kind of just had a had a relationship with him. And then we kind of lost contact. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got reconnected probably about three and a half, four years ago. And uh, and again, he, you know, he's coming to me wanting to tell me about his product. And I was like, I, I, I really didn't want to listen. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many people that are trying to sell things it. and they're coming in. They, they have this, they have that. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I say yes to a lot of things. Yeah, right. And it was yeah. just one of those I things where it. I was just like, I, I don't know if I have time. <laughs> Right. And, and, uh, you were in real estate and now you're doing this. Mm. And it's like, uh, I yeah. don't know. So, but I eventually ended up meeting up with him mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'd been, he didn't know it at the time, but I had been really messed up. I'd messed up my back mm -hmm. for an entire year. And it was, uh, it was one of those things where I, I really had to, I couldn't really work out mm -hmm. and my, I was, up all night, mm. like I'd roll over in bed. I couldn't go to sleep. Yeah. I was just tired for, and I was like, I think I'm gonna have to go have back surgery. Cause I'd been doing all the other regular modalities mm. to get treated mm. as an athlete. These are all the things you work on. Mm -hmm. um, this is what usually fixes it, mm. but nothing was fixing it. And um, so when I met him at Starbucks, I he looks at me like, what's, what's going on with you? <laughs> and I was like, to, I don't know, my somewhat jacked my back up like a year ago. I think it was just the cumulative effect it's of so playing to football. In that and, pain too. and you know, as an athlete, and if that's part of my job, like mm -hmm. it, you kind of get a little bit depressed and kind of just yeah. like 
Ugh, just it. tired. So it. he slid this bottle over to me and he's like, put this on your back. And I, so I, I was like in here in Starbucks and I was like, <laughs> okay. So, uh, I, I put it on my back and, and literally within a few minutes, my back pain goes from like about an eight to maybe a two. I'm like, is this like a placebo? Like, am I just thinking this? Like, is there <laughs> what, like some, you something funny in there? <laughs> So um, next thing you know, uh, he says, well, just, you know, until you use it and can have the experience yourself, like you, we won't have, be able to have the same kind of conversation. So take this, use it for two weeks mm -hmm. and, uh, and then let's reconvene. I'm like, okay. So I take it, I use it every day. And one day in the gym, I was like, you know, my back doesn't hurt anymore. And the only thing I've been doing was whatever. putting this on my back every day. And I was like, so I called him up and I said, Hey, uh, I've been using this on myself. I put it on a few clients. They have the same experience that I have. And, uh, I'm going to, I want to be your director of marketing. <laughs> I'm like, like, not that I need anything else to do. Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> but I was I like, believe so much in this. as, as much as it helped me and as much as I was seeing it help other people mm -hmm. and, I was just like, I can't not be a part of this. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so again, it, it, uh, kind of evolved out of, mm -hmm. a, a relationship that I had built, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. several years prior, mm -hmm. right. Almost more than a decade. So, so, um, so tell us about the product. So it's a CBD product. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's a, it's a CBD product. Um, doesn't have any THC in mm -hmm. it. Um, so, you know, professional athletes use it, mm -hmm. police officers, military, mm -hmm. anybody that gets drug tested. So, um, we were one of the very first tea free, um, oh, wow. products mm -hmm. out there. And, uh, the, we have a patent pending, uh, process to basically get more of it into your system. Oh, wow. So, um, a lot of people have been wanting to do uh, talk to us about white labeling it mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. um, we do everything now from extraction to distillation. Oh wow! So we really know like what goes into the product, mm -hmm. and uh, we just you know we kind of set ourselves apart by through the patent pending mm -hmm. um, bioavailability piece, mm -hmm. and you know it's been a it's been a process and a journey like to understand like how this works and to understand how it works just like compliance mm -hmm. issues oh, yeah. like there's a lot people like not really understanding we're, we're really big on the education so everybody thinks well cbd is thc is it going to get me no. high i'm like eh, no um they're like well if it doesn't have thc in it how it won't it work yeah. you know and we're like no actually we've solved mm -hmm. that problem too mm -hmm. um and um so there's just a lot of questions people have and it's it's kind of a wild wild west like there's so many people that are doing it mm -hmm. um and i think at the end of the day i think we'll be left standing just because we have something that's unique and we're very transparent and and honest like we've been burnt several times um by people that you know tell us one thing that we're getting and it's not because mm -hmm. we send every product to a lab to get tested, tested and we've had products that are sold over the counter mm -hmm. um that say they have zero thc in it but then it comes back as two times higher mm -hmm. right or their cbd content is actually less mm -hmm. or barely noticeable yeah. when they're saying one thing so um so because of that we're, we kind of help people navigate through some of those processes and and but we also have to be 
you know, really careful yeah. and, and transparent. And it's, you know, it's, it's like anything else. It's, it just takes mm -hmm. longer than what you think, right. right? It's much harder than what you think it's going to be. That's very true. And, um, you know, and I think at the end of the day, again, it's, it's about building relationships, mm -hmm. you know, being honest yeah. and, but it's uh, a product that works. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So I it's, mean, <laughs> it's, it's healing. So it's able to heal. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I'm very careful with, with how you say right, healing, right. right? Because I think giving the body what it needs to help get it into proper regulation, mm -hmm. your body's able to heal itself. Yes. Like I wouldn't say that our product necessarily heals something, right? right? There's it just creates um, the environment. It creates healing. an environment mm -hmm. that now you know, you know, what God created yeah. now can actually. It's work. very interesting because I've used CBD mm -hmm. topical products um, in you know different instances, but like I've used it on like on bruises, and like the bruise is gone in like three days. Mm -hmm. Like it's just they do something, like they give your body something yeah. to help it heal itself faster. Yeah, and and we're one of the first, if not. I don't want to say only because I'm mm -hmm. sure there's got to be somebody else out there, but there's no other companies that I know of that have used brain mapping to mm -hmm. validate what's happening. Mm -hmm. And we have brain mapping imaging, 3D imaging from doctors, third party mm -hmm. doctors that say your product works in five minutes. Wow. And within they've also made the made the uh, we've had two actually different brain mapping people make the comment that um in two to five minutes, mm -hmm. your product does what 20 neurotherapy sessions does. Oh, and that's yeah. anywhere between three to four thousand dollars. So right? so we're doing CBD to the what is it? The endocannabinoid. 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 I cannot say that <laughs> nice word. <job. laughs> it's a hard one, but I've been learning about this one. Um, we had uh Cassara Andre on um, and she's one of the foremost on the veterinary mm -hmm. cannabis side, one of the foremost researchers and gatherers of uh -huh. research. Um, so she was on just a few weeks ago, um, and so she was. We talked a lot about the endocannabinoid system, and I just yeah. I'm so fascinated. And, and animals, we actually created some for horses and pets, and and animals mm -hmm. tend to have a really really heightened sense uh, when they when they get it, even more so I think than humans mm -hmm. of of it being uh, very beneficial. I mean we've used it with uh, performance horses. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of, well, I say calms calms the brain mm -hmm. waves, right? Mm -hmm. Like we look at like five different brain waves mm -hmm. and uh, we can pinpoint and look at, okay, here's what the brain looks like before and here's what it looks like after five minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's completely changed. And, and some of these uh, brain mapping uh, experts have been like, yeah, we've tried 30 or 40 mm -hmm. other products mm -hmm. and that doesn't even move the needle. Well, that's really interesting because right? they, because mm -hmm. they suggest, um, or, you know, when, when our dog was having seizures, it was one of those things where it's like, you need to do CBD because mm -hmm. this is, you know, it affects the brain somehow. Like right. nobody could ever explain to me how, but they're just yeah. like, it helps with seizures. And I was like, okay, let's try it. Yeah. You know? And it really just kind of helped it more. I don't know if it helps with the seizures because mm -hmm. he was on two different medications on top of that, but it did help him actually recover. Yeah. from the whole ordeal with the seizures. Right. Because um, he was in the hot, you know, animal hospital for two days, and, like, it was just a whole thing. He came home like a disaster, basically, yeah. from all the seizures. But he healed from all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the CBD yeah. that it maybe not didn't really, like, do anything with the seizures. I don't know, but yeah. he just, he actually, like, bounced back for yeah. us, which was well, very I think, interesting. I think anytime you have anything that going on in the brain, mm -hmm. like your 
uh, we have brain mapping images of somebody who has a, a head trauma, right? Mm -hmm. A concussion. So you can see in the brain where the spot at which mm -hmm. they get hit mm -hmm. and then the spot where the brain hits the other side of the wall oh, and comes wow. back and then yeah. it's a so dark blue bruising. color, yeah, right? The bruising and, in the brain. And that basically means that the brain is operating four, two to four times slower than normal. Mm -hmm. And in five minutes of taking zero plus, this person's whole left or right side of their brain comes back online. The, the spot at which the impact occurred is completely gone. And it's like, wow, how, how, do, how do you not, um, it, it's almost, once you know that information, it's yeah. almost um, like, why wouldn't you use it, mm -hmm. right? It, it's oh, like, are you just gonna ignore it? it? Yeah, or at least so, try um, it. That's really so, yeah, interesting. So, so we we always we always say that it's uh, our product is um, CBD um, backed by science, mm -hmm. validated through brain mapping. I love that because you know everybody wants to know like, what is it does it doing? work? Like, yeah, is it just anecdotal? Are you just saying that? And we're like, actually, no. Here's thirty slides that show mm -hmm. what happens before and after. Yeah, before so. the before and after. That's really really cool. I know a lot of there's just a lot of like. Um, just because of the, you know, regulations and, you know, there's a lot of people that are just like, there's not any research, but it, there really is research. Yeah. And we're watching research come out of Brazil and Australia and just like a yeah. bunch of different places where, um, well, and I know they're doing a lot here too, since, right. you know, um, because the way that Colorado <laughs> does the compliance, yeah. um, it's just, it's lent itself to yeah. more research for right. THC and CBD. Right. Absolutely. I think it's just such, it's such an important potential medicinal yeah. for all of our well-being. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very cool. All right. Uh, so what has, um, I knew how you're going to answer this, but just do it anyway. <laughs> so what has been the biggest key uh, to your growth and success? Uh What's been the biggest key? Well, <laughs> obviously, uh, I don't know if you're thinking of the same answer yeah. that I am, but uh, really, really, it's just relationships. It's those relationships. <laughs> Isn't mean, it crazy? Like somebody you've met like more than a decade ago comes back into your life right. in some, you know, or they think of you because of something. Yeah. Um, because you've created that relationship with them. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, it, it all boils down to relationships. I mean, no matter what we do, um, whether sure. it's business wise, whether it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like you're building a little bit of equity with somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And and until you have a relationship with them, it's like people aren't going to trust you, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or maybe your relationship is something where they don't trust you, right? Yeah. Because or you don't trust them, because <clears throat> maybe they weren't, um, you know, on the up and up. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't have integrity, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's, something that um, that I really try to do. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm perfect at it all no. the time, <clears throat> but I think when you're coming from a place where you can be honest with somebody, mm -hmm. um, you're not just feeding them a line of, of yeah. BS. When you're authentic, right? yeah. you, when you are who yeah. you are. And it's, you know, there's a there's a book I'm, I just started reading. It's by the, one of my favorite pastors. His name's Darius Daniels, and he just wrote a book called Relational Intelligence. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, and in it, he he talks about how you need to put people in different parts of your life, mm -hmm. right? And, he, and I'll, I'll probably botch what he says, but he says you have to love people appropriately, value them equally, mm -hmm. but treat them differently. Right. <clears throat> and uh, and I hadn't really thought about that until he said that. I'm like, wow, that's that's very impactful, right? Because really not everybody deserves a place right in your immediate um, 
you know, mm -hmm. circle. circle of people or, yeah. And, uh, and sometimes those people might need to be moved out of that place mm -hmm. if they change, if you change mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and it's not something that, you know, you're, you're doing it to be mean or right. you're manipulating right. it. Right. But it, you know, things evolve and change. And, and I think if, if we can treat people the way that they should be treated, mm -hmm. you know, authentically and, um, and also valuing them. Yeah. Value what they have to bring. Um, and also valuing ourselves. Right. Um, then that, that goes a long way in, in establishing a, a solid relationship I love with that. people. I love that. I mean, just even as a parent, like I love my kids equally, <laughs> I value them as people equally, right. but they need different things. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, one of them can be more responsible with things and the other can't, or you know, one needs more tours and the other can barely get through like three of them. So like how they, how we treat them is different. Right. Um, because they are different people. Right. Absolutely. And they need different parenting. Yeah. You can't parent two kids the same way. Right. I think that's where a lot of frustration comes in. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about, and I said, you know, the reason that you're frustrated is because you're wanting these people to act and respond a certain way, but it's not in, it's not within them right. to do that. Right? right. And so or you want them to react the way you would react. Or, exactly. And if you're not getting that response then it's like, it's frustrating for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I said, maybe just look at it like not that the, they're a bad person. It's just like, these are certain things you can expect from this person. Mm -hmm. And maybe ask this person who has this set of skills to do this, right? right. Don't, don't put everybody in the same box and you'll probably feel a lot more, uh, <laughs> less frustrated, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, I learned uh, pretty quickly as a manager in a tax firm that I can't teach everybody the way that I learned. Right. Cause I'm like, what, you can't just follow what I did. Cause that's how I learned. <laughs> right. And people would be like, why am I doing this? Like, I need the why to even start. Right. And yeah. I was just like, but why? Like, why can't you? But then I just realized, like, people learn differently. They have different ways of, like, understanding why they're supposed to be what they're, do you know, do what they're supposed to be doing or, like, whatever. And giving up some of that, just, like, what do you need? Right. Asking people what they need mm -hmm. and just kind of adjusting how you teach people is a huge skill that yeah. I think you don't learn in corporate or you don't, you know, you don't learn to. Because no. it's just like, these are what, but this is how we do things. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things I've really learned is just to be like, here's what needs to happen. <laughs> Figure out how right. to make it happen. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or like, this is the end goal. You create the process. Yeah. You know, that's fine. Right. It's totally cool. So I just think, yeah, it's hard. But again, it just goes back to everybody has different priorities. They have different ways that they learn. They have different things that are important to them. Yeah. Well, I think my mom was a teacher. Uh -huh. So, you know, it was, uh, you know, there was always, you would learn either kinesthetically, mm -hmm. auditorily, mm -hmm. or um, uh, visually. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, I feel touched yeah, here. Right. right. So, um, you know, I think, I think one of those things is that, you know, if you can, the faster you can figure out how somebody learns mm -hmm. or how your communication style needs to be with them, mm -hmm. then, you know, you're going to be a lot more effective in, in building that relationship and not making them feel like, Oh, they're stupid. Or you're feeling like, right. why aren't they, why aren't they getting it? I was, I always put it back on myself. Yeah. Like, if they're not getting it, I haven't explained it correctly yet exactly. in a way that they understand. So right. just repeating ourselves doesn't usually get us. Anywhere. No. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a sign of insanity. Right. right. Do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. It's always funny when result. I like, if I ask somebody a question because they don't understand, they just tell me the same thing. And I'm like, 
That's not what I asked. <laughs> Still don't understand. Try again. Um, but when we create your, and I, it really is back to those relationships. And it's funny because a lot of the time, what, what I do with like the tax returns and stuff, people just, it's like transactional a lot of the time, but they don't want that. They want relationship. They want relational. Mm-hmm. But then they don't want to pay for that. <laughs> right. Right. Cause it's like, I just want tax returns, but also can you answer all my questions all the time, but don't charge me for any of that. <laughs> I'm just like, do you want a relationship? Right. Or do you want a transaction? Cause if you just want a transaction, that's not going to really work here. Right. Um, because I'm constantly thinking about my clients. I'm constantly mm-hmm. thinking about how we can help them. I'm con- like, every time I meet them, meet, yeah, meet somebody, yeah. I'm like, Ooh, would they be a good fit for their business? You know, like I want to watch people grow and thrive and right. things like that. And it's just like, Anybody can do your tax returns. <laughs> right. True. <laughs> um, so what's that? So what's next for you? You have some volleyball stuff coming up. Uh, what is next? What is next? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what is God. the other things on your plate right now, Adam? Um, gosh, those are, I mean, I, I feel like uh, the next thing is, I don't know. There, there's been stuff I think percolating mm-hmm. like over the last like six to eight months. I, I'm not exactly sure what that looks like yet. I know, uh, I know I've been getting into more um, speaking, more mm-hmm. teaching, mm-hmm. Um, trying to kind of um, expand kind of my reach and my touch. Right. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I get that. You know the the. I was even told by somebody on a on a pa- podcast I did. Um, a while back that's like, you know, you should think about doing a podcast. Like you're, you're like, and I'm like, I don't know if I'd really be a good interviewer. I can, I can answer a lot of questions. Yeah. So, but the you more learned, that it's come up, you learned host. um, it's the crazy. more that I think that it's, it, uh, that might be something in the, in the future mm-hmm. to do. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I kind of open right now to, to seeing what's next. I mean, obviously, um, building out our CBD business and, mm-hmm. and getting that, kind of off the ground, a more sustainable fashion is, mm-hmm. is very important to me. Um, but you know, I, I, I want to do something that continues to add value to, to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, <clears throat> I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of knowledge in my head that I just think everybody else already listen. I, I think they do all the things that I do. And I'm, and I'll say something like, I've never heard that before. I'm like, really? I've heard <laughs> it like by, by five different people this last week, but yeah. I think it's the environment that I've created that, yep. um, That's you very know, true. like I'm a, I'm a student of learning. Like I feel I, I don't go to bed at night until I'm exhausted. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I feel like I'm always wanting to learn There's something stuff to learn. and I feel like if I haven't learned something, then I haven't been productive that day. That's really true. And you know, sometimes that makes me even more tired because I'm like, <laughs> I need to learn to, I need to, I'm missing out on something. Right. But yeah. my brain just works that way. And, yeah. and uh, I feel like I have a lot of things to, to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and again, I think that's moving out of my comfort zone again. Yeah. Right. Uh, Denzel Washington, I think said one point, he said, ease is the greatest, um, detriment to uh success or something yeah i know that makes sense to uh ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship that's what he said um and i was like yeah because if you're not it's It's like working out fire man if you don't work the muscles and you don't yeah challenge them then they're not going to get any stronger yeah just go home and take a nap (laughs) so yeah exactly okay then you're just gonna stay the same yeah 
So no, I think that's really true. And um, yeah, I think you know the purpose, and we've talked about this. The purpose of this podcast is to give people you know some inspiration because business owners live in silos. You know, yeah, they're all totally. by themselves cranking away on what they need to be cranking away on. And if they can listen to something mm -hmm. that is moving their business forward in any way, shape or form, which on this one, go meet more people. <laughs> um, because it's so important. You know, yeah. I've made connections in the last few weeks that have opened doors for me. Yeah. That, you know, I was gonna have to start, you know, trying to slam through, but they're just like, here you go. Oh, and here's yeah. an easier way to do it. And it's just like, okay, I hear you. I'm just going, you know, like yeah. we just, creating creating those relationships and meeting people you know within 30 mm -hmm. minutes i ever some people are just like hey you should come to this and come do this and here's an easy way to do that and it's just like okay yeah. you know like i get it cool i'm i'm there you know yeah. we'll figure out how to make it happen um but if you're not intentionally doing that yeah it's really easy to just to not grow yeah when i think i, I think one of the things that i always got from my clients mm -hmm. was uh, I would train different CEOs and business owners. Mm -hmm. And even at, even at that point, I was always listening to them and asking them questions about their business, yes, right? Because I'm like, I, I can learn something from this person, right? I'm, I have an hour with them. <laughs> like, we're going to get through the workout. We're yeah. going to do all those things. But like, when I'm resting, like, stuff. I want to ask you about your life, right? <laughs> yeah. And and I think that's also part of you building a connection with them, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm authentically and... Um, interested in learning about them as a person, right? right? Because the more I learn about them as a person, the more I know how to interact with them and I what they them. want for that hour, mm -hmm. right? I mean, some people don't want to talk, so I'll just like, okay, boom, this is what we're getting through, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of times people just, you know, the day's hard. They they want to have a win, mm -hmm. right? So when I at the end of the day, I want them to have a win. I want them to feel successful. Um, and I think they also like sharing and feeling validated by, oh, they're helping me also. They don't even know that I'm, why I'm asking those questions. I'm like, right? well, you know, when you ran your business, like how did, how did you do this? Or yeah. like, what was, what was your biggest challenge, yeah. right? Cause I wanna know, cause I might need that in the future. Right, <laughs> and I love when, I mean, so I work with a trainer and you know, he was like, you know, people just, you know, I've been doing this, you know, I do a free workout for the first one. He was like, and then people don't show up and I was like, we'll just start charging for it. And he was like, Oh, and he started charging for it. And he goes, that is the best advice anybody's ever given me. And it's just like, I'm here anytime, you know, like if we can see and help other people handle right. their pain points, we create a relationship with them. Absolutely. And if I'm making somebody's life easier in some way or their business better in yeah. some way, happy to help. Yeah. And it's just, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to have people be like, I raised my prices and it was amazing or, you know. I added free, you know, paid consults and it was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, how do we, you know, how do we help people be better? Right. And sleep better. <laughs> too. <laughs> exactly. More time, more money. That's the thing. <laughs> um, okay. So before I ask my last question, uh, what is the easiest way for people to find you? Um, well, they can go to my, uh, um, they can call me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, do you want me to give that phone number? Out? You can. <laughs> uh, you they can call to. me at 303. Seven two six seven two five nine, or uh, they can email me at um, a b as in boy r a t t e n at mac dot com. Okay, yeah, and, and then, we'll put uh, all that in the description box yeah. too. And we're also on you know um, social media, you know 
up and you're at on them. the LinkedIn. You're on the LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, on the social Facebooks. media. So they can go to, I have two LinkedIn or a two uh, Instagram. So they get, I have oh, a photography one and, okay. and a, uh, I don't know if I the, follow both of them. Uh, Adam Bertine photo. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then obviously if they want to know anything about zero plus, they can just go to, uh, zero plus.com, which is Z R O P L U S. And, uh, yeah, we're, doing some revamping this this month just again just to you know keep up with the time change all the things changing the all the time the so um yeah any anything people want to know they can they can call me email me and uh you know love to add value to y'all are, they're doing you people who give out your phone numbers are brave <laughs> my introvert goes no thank you please don't call uh, me. i am an introvert too which <laughs> like people are always amazed at like when they hear that and they're mm -hmm. like what? Yeah, I had like, somebody the other day. Um, I asked to talk to somebody um, else they knew, and they were like, "Oh, she's an introvert," and I was like, "I'm an introvert." And they're like, "No, you're not." I'm like, "Oh, yes, I am." I just have I've had to learn how to be an extrovert. Yeah, or I've had to because I have to I have to be out here. I have to be making relationships. I have to be talking to yeah. random strangers. Well, that, that's like training. It's like. When I go home, like I, I know I'm an introvert just because I want to like I decompress and recharge mm -hmm. by no people. Yeah, like, that's how I am too. I'm like one on one. The kids are always one like, Where's two. mom? <laughs> like give, give me away. I've I've been I've been putting pouring myself into people well, yeah. all day. Yeah. And motivating them and, and giving mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Um and then I need, I just need to mm -hmm. I need to get myself back. Exactly. Completely get it. Um also one of those. Mm -hmm. So final question, as a trainer, coach, and multipreneur, what is your one piece of advice for anyone who wants to make a lasting change in their fitness or business? Um, I think the biggest thing is that you have to be um, deliberate mm -hmm. and you have to be intentional mm -hmm. and you have to be persistent. Mm -hmm. um, you, uh, we don't give enough time, I think, to see a change, mm -hmm. right? And I think we're we're byproducts uh, or we're products mm -hmm. of all of the decisions that we make on a daily basis. Yeah. So, um, the in those decisions, we don't readily see the negative or positive effects of them, right? It's mm -hmm. just like when I go to work out, I work out. I don't know necessarily how much stronger I've gotten, right? Mm -hmm. But if I do a little bit every single day or every other day, mm -hmm. right? It's a it's a culmination and a compounding effect of all of those decisions or those actions that I took, mm -hmm. right? There's a um, uh, what's his um, I'm going to draw a blank on his name right now. He uh, I'll think of it after mm -hmm. I say it, say his quote. But John Maxwell, mm -hmm. he says, you don't have to do it all day, mm -hmm. but you have to do something every day. Right. Right. So if I can do something mm -hmm. every day and mm -hmm. the other thing that I tell my athletes too, is that you don't, uh, you're not always going to be motivated. So you have to be disciplined. Right. right. So I need that discipline to do this. Right. Even when I maybe don't feel like it, because a lot of times I don't feel like it. So, so those are the things I think you just have to be patient with it and yeah. consistent. Yeah. If you, if you're not going to do those things, <laughs> then it, it's going to take you a lot longer. You're just going to get yeah. Um, depressed and yeah. probably stop doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to give it, you know, they say it takes 21 days to build a habit. Like you might, you better give yourself like two to three months. Yeah. I think right? that's really true. And I think, you know, you know, just even with working out, like just do something like mm -hmm. I'll get in this rut where I'm just like, I don't want to lift.
left. I don't want to deal with like sets up, sets ups, takes downs and whatever. So I'll just do a 30 minute hit workout. Like it just has to be something, right? you know, like just do something. Yeah. That gives you, that gets you closer to your goal or helps you be, you know, better that day. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. Cool. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant. Be abundant.